Brothers and sisters, welcome back. And Brother Richards, I'm thrilled uh, to be your, your guide through this course on emotional wellness. We're taking a doctrinal approach, looking for ways the Lord has revealed about health and healing. I testify that the plan of happiness is real. He didn't use that term uh, just on a whim. I testify that he has created uh, different ways for you and I to find true happiness in our lives. And I testify that as we study doctrines, as we look at different principles, that we can find true happiness, especially as we connect with our Savior, Jesus Christ. In today's class, we are going to do a quick review of what we did last time. So remember, the foundational statement for this course is from President Boyd K. Packer, true doctrine understood changes attitude and behavior. I'm going to, in this course, try to present uh, true doctrines and principles to you that will help you change your world and help you have a better grasp on your, your life, your emotion, your circumstances. Remember, we talked last time about belief windows, how you and I look at the world, we interpret the world through windows, and on our windows, we have little beliefs written on them. We interpret the world through how we believe the world is. Let me tell you a story. I remember in college, I had a roommate, um, <laughs> and he became uh, one of my best friends, still to this day. We are, we are dear, dear friends. I grew up, for some reason, thinking and believing that orange juice was only to be drunk at breakfast time. And uh, we would do our weekly shopping, my roommate and I, and uh, <laughs> the first few weeks we were living together. Once in a while, he would, uh, he'd break out orange juice for dinner. And it bugged me. And I don't know why it did, but it did. And after a few weeks, I said, dude, why are you drinking orange juice? It's, it's dinner time. He's like, why not? I love orange juice. I said, well, orange juice is only for breakfast. And he said, really? And I said, yeah. And his reply was, where did you learn that? He said, well, isn't that what everyone does? He said, uh, no. <laughs> he said, so you, you grew up drinking orange juice at other times other than breakfast? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so my belief, my belief window was that orange juice should only be consumed at breakfast time. <laughs> was it a correct belief? No, <laughs> obviously not. But somehow it, it got planted in my brain. I'm not sure if my mom did it or, or what, but it was in there. There's a story told of a young couple who uh, they just got married, it's after their honeymoon, and it's the first Sunday dinner, and the wife just wanted a home run for her new husband. She had made this beautiful dinner, a ham dinner, and uh, these little place settings and some potatoes, and she just wanted to, to wow her man. Um, <laughs> as she brought out the meal, um, he noticed that she had cut off the end of her ham. And... Uh, he finished dinner and said, oh, sweetheart, this is so good. Thank you. I love you. I have a question. You cut off the end of the ham that seems a little bit wasteful. And she said, oh, no, no, no. If you cut off the end of the ham, it tastes so much better. He's like, really? Where did you learn that? My mom, she always did that and she swears by it. <laughs> a couple weeks go by and uh, they were invited by her parents, his in-laws, to come for Sunday dinner. As luck would have it, they served ham. And sure enough, when the ham came out, the end of it was sliced off. And he asked his mother-in-law, oh, first of all, thank you so much for dinner. Oh, this is so good. I'm so grateful I married into this family. I have a question. I, I noticed that you cut off the end of the ham. She said, oh, yeah, it tastes so much better when you do that. Oh, uh, I've never heard that before. Where did you learn that? And she said, oh, my mother. Oh, she is the best cook. <laughs> Fast forward a few months. It's now Christmas time. And they get to go to grandma's house to enjoy Christmas dinner. And as they sit down, here comes the ham. And sure enough, there's the end of the ham cut off. 
they enjoy dinner. And afterwards, as uh, he's helping with dishes, he uh, says, Grandma, I have a question for you. <laughs> I noticed you cut off the end of the ham. Why do you do that? She said, my, my oven is so small, I have to cut off the, the end of the ham because it won't fit inside. <laughs> and uh, he laughed and laughed and it became kind of a, a running joke there. But again, sometimes we just, we endure circumstances that uh, all of a sudden we think, our gospel law and gospel truths. You know people like this. You know uh, men, for example, that play church basketball. Sometimes the belief on their belief window is that they should never lose a single game. And consequently, they, they act like idiots when they're out there on the basketball court. They, they dive and they scream and they yell at the referee because the belief in their belief window is that they should never lose a single game. Again, is it a correct belief on their belief window? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's up for them to determine. What's fun is to look at the scriptures and look at scriptural reasons um, as to why people have different beliefs on their belief windows. You see, belief windows are in every human being that's ever lived. Uh, for example, King Noah, you can read the story of, of Abinadi and figure out what King Noah's beliefs are in his belief window. He believed that, that people um, should you know, carouse and get drunk and not keep commandments and the law of Moses is just a bunch of rubbish. You look at King David, he had a belief on his, one of his belief windows somehow that it's okay to hang out with married women. And of course, the downfall is tragic, but there was an incorrect, incorrect belief there on his belief window at some point in his life. King Lamoni, right? He had a belief that there was a great spirit, but he didn't know who he was. And once Ammon shows him true doctrine, and once King Lamoni understands that true doctrine, it is life-changing. In fact, his whole kingdom, his whole household, um, get changed because of an adjustment to his belief window. Brennan says, here's my invitation for today. I simply want you to, uh, as you interact with people uh, today or this week, I want you to identify different beliefs on your belief window. Okay. And just take note of different ideas and thoughts that you have. And maybe if you want to take notes, write them down. We're going to use those in our next class. I'm going to uh, have us do a little exercise to reevaluate and just check our beliefs against reality. Once we can look at how we interpret the world and cross-check it against what really is true, we begin to understand ourselves in a different way. Because I'm here to testify, you and I have some incorrect beliefs in our belief window. And once we can look at that window and examine it, and hold it up against the light and reevaluate, all of a sudden we see the world in a very, very different way, a way that's more clear, a way that's more pure. One of the blessings that the Savior's offered, offered us is that we can um, see as we are seen and be known as we are known. And I testify that through the study of the gospel, that we can reevaluate our beliefs and align them with God. And as we do that, there's no, there's no easier way to finding joy, that knowing that our beliefs are congruent with his. I testify of him and his goodness, that he loves you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.